Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange talks with director Aaron Posner and actor Tracy Michelle Arnold about APT's 2018 production of Heartbreak House by George Bernard Shaw. We're here today to talk about George Bernard Shaw's Heartbreak House, and I am fortunate to have with me the director and adapter, Aaron Posner, and Tracy Michelle Arnold, who is playing Hesione Hushabai. Uh, this is a play that has an interesting subtitle, which is A Fantasia in the Russian Manor on English Themes. And um, I'd like you to talk a little bit about what the Russian manor refers to here with uh, a not very subtle uh, implication that it's based on Anton Chekhov. And I think that Shaw said specifically it was influenced by the cherry orchard. Can you talk about that? Um, I think he was interested in what Chekhov was doing about ways of looking at sort of normal everyday life in a way that also elevated it to talk about the issues that he was interested in. So I think he was really impressed by Chekhov's writing, by Chekhov's world, which did end up influencing sort of all of world theatrical literature ever since. Um, so Shaw was at the forefront of that, of being influenced by Chekhov, and wanted to borrow some of that same structure to explore things that he was thinking about at the time. And Heartbreak House, unlike Chekhov, is quite long. The original play is four hours long, and uh, so it's not very often done. But in this case, you've adapted it so that... Uh, Butchered it, I think, in some ways, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a great play. It's a tremendously uh, interesting and engaging and sort of challenging play. But it is a lot of that play. You know, this is he was writing at a time 100 years ago plus where he was also writing curtain risers because his three-hour plays weren't long enough to satisfy an audience, you know. So um, it was quite a different time where people expected something different going to the theater. So we've... Um, trimmed it and shaped it and tried to make it something that's a little bit more, uh, there's still so many ideas and so much passion and so much stuff in it that you want, um, it just wants to be something a little bit more digestible. So we've cut a couple of the characters out that were sort of satires of things that I think were a little less relevant to us now and, uh, and given more focus to some of the characters that I think that resonate a little bit more uh, fully today. And did you uh, do this adaptation for APT, or has it been done before? I'd done a version of it once before, and, uh, and then redid it for this production uh, with some of these actors in mind, because it's such a great group. So were you thinking of Tracy for, uh, for that role? I was. I was lucky enough to, um, I mean, I've been watching Tracy's work here for the last several years that I've been here off and on, and, um, and I was, when I was told who my cast would be, um, I sort of jumped up and down, and uh, <laughs> it, I have a, just an exceptional group, and, and, uh, and Shaw is really challenging, so you need really complicated actors who can bring a lot of themselves to it and illuminate it, I think, in a lot of ways, and we have that group. And you have a relationship with, uh, with Chekhov's plays. Uh, what fascinates you about Chekhov and, and Shaw? Oh, they're just so smart about humanity. <laughs> you know, They're looking at things with really wide and clear eyes. Um, there's always a lot of hope and there's always a lot of darkness in both of them. Shaw obviously tips more to the political and the social commentary and Chekhov stays a lot more on the sort of human and personal interactions. But they were just telling the truth about human beings in such deep and profound ways that I find these playgrounds just some of the best to play in of, uh, of any writers I've ever known. So they both are sort of irresistible for me. And, and speaking of characters, Tracy, um, what can you tell us about the bohemian that you're playing in this play? 
Oh, Hesione is, I think we've all said it in the rehearsal room at one point or another, we all want to be her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no exception. She's, um, she's empathic to a, not to a fault. She's empathic, richly empathic. And we discovered yesterday, or I did when Aaron said it, that she's, her empathy includes herself. She's empathetic about herself. So she's able to go face first into a mistake or into a, you know, putting a foot in her mouth and making a terrible gaffe or making an assumption about someone that is wrong, find out that she was wrong and then immediately reverse her opinion and forgive herself for making that mistake, which is a marvelous thing to do. (laughs) Uh, So unlike um, some of Chekhov's characters, I get this wonderful sort of redemption over and over through this character that I'm playing. I redeem myself. I redeem other people. It's, it's a marvelous thing to be able to do. And she's a great kind of, lesson. She's, she's kind of a superhero, which I love about bit. her. Yeah, yeah she's, human she's quite remarkable. <laughs> and in what way is she a bohemian? What would that have meant at the time? Oh, she's not, she doesn't really follow the rules. I mean, you're going to really see that in this production in that uh, uh, her sister Ariadne, played by Colleen Madden, is uh, sort of the polar opposite. She's gone extremely into what's um, proper and societal rules, and she follows them to a T, and uh, Hesione doesn't. So, you know, she kicks her shoes off, walks around barefoot, may, might walk on the furniture. Uh, <laughs> might not be so buttoned up in her dress, uh, might not care if her husband flirts with women, and uh, might not mind if her husband notices she flirts with other men, that she's very, she's very free in her thinking. Mm-hmm. That's great. So this, this play was Shaw's first major work that appeared after World War I, mm-hmm. and uh, it was written, of course, 100 years ago, per- first performed in 1920. Um, what does it say about Shaw's feelings about World War One and about um, you mentioned Tracy about uh, society's norms, and obviously he has some opinions about upper class British society and about the war that has just taken place. Would either of you like to talk about that? Um, he he had a strong beliefs about the usefulness of people about doing something in the world, about making things better, about moving towards something. And he was looking at a time where people weren't necessarily doing that, where a lot of the upper class, a lot of the society was more about pleasure and enjoyment and their own little needs and their own adventures or lacks or wants, as opposed to, uh, as opposed to a society moving towards something with some kind of urgency or in- intentionality. And, uh, and then he, and then he's also just, you know, so he's so he's both looking at the political side and also just at the personalities of people as they were sort of beginning to be caught in a world that was the where the rules were changing, where people weren't sure how to behave and therefore were sort of stratified along these different ways of dealing with it. So you have the bohemianism on one side, you have Boss Mangan, the sort of bloated capitalist, on the other side, and we get these sort of forces banging up against each other. What makes it so interesting now is that we're still looking, like, like most of Shaw's writing, we're looking at those same forces are still banging around in our society now. There's so much in this play that while, it, while the particulars are so different, the core forces we can totally recognize and identify as the same forces within ourselves, the things that are going on in our community and in our country right now. So it has a lot of uh, really good uh, and 
both exciting and sad resonance. So 100 years hasn't necessarily made that much of a difference. Well, Shaw's one of the few playwrights that remains, or writers of any kind, that remains radical 100 years later. I mean, most people would strive to be relevant 100 years later, but he's still on the forefront of the things that he's talking about and challenging us with and asking us to think about, and I think that's really exciting. And one of the themes um, appears to be reality versus appearance, especially among the characters. Um, can you talk, uh, Tracy, about how that ref um, relates to your character? Oh, I think that relates to every human being out there. What really goes on underneath our skin, in our heads and in our hearts, is rarely what we're showing to the world. I, you know, we're all sort of roiling with issues that we're, you know, anxious about or, or, um, or excited about or worried about. We're, we're grieving. We're, we're falling in love. We're doing all these things, but society doesn't really give us outlets to show those things on a minute-to-minute, day-to-day basis while we're going to work, while we're sitting on the bus, while we're, you know... Doing podcasts. Doing, like doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, somehow, somewhere along the chain of human existence, someone said, you know what, we need to put a brave face on all of this stuff so that we can sort of get through our everyday you know, and to some extent, that is quite true. I mean, I can't go to the grocery store and be sobbing about something that I'm worried about. I, that doesn't help anything. Um, so these characters are no different. Uh, they all deal with that uh, mask in very different ways, however. And it's why we needed such a great cast and why we have, like, what makes, I think, this production is going to be really exciting is that actors who can play the, the whole action of a play that is on some level all happening on the surface, but everything that's really important that's really going on is happening in a much more subterranean way, and we only get a few glimpses of it. Hassani, I think, has one line that actually says the fullness of what's really going on underneath all of all of her, what's going on in her and her life. So we're trying, uh, you know, the rehearsal process is a lot about trying to create all this sort of entertaining, enjoyable, um, upper crust, playful, very funny behavior, even though they're sort of dancing as fast as they can over quite a deep abyss that's opening under them, which of course, does feel a little bit like what's happening in the world today in a lot of ways. So that's, uh, I think that's where a lot of the resonance comes. And is that also a reference to Chekhov, do you think? Well, that, that always in Chekhov. Everyone is trying desperately to keep going to, you know, the famous Chekhov quote about, you know, any, any fool can withstand a crisis. It's this day-to-day -day living that wears you out. And, you know, so everyone there is always trying to keep going and trying to figure out how to, to move forward, even though they're sort of desperately sad or desperately broken. And, and that's certainly heartbreak house is you know this like things are breaking things are reconfiguring things are being destroyed and how do we keep going when that's the reality on whatever level do you think that that his um, experience during the war which had just really devastated england impacted this play heavily even though it's not about the war how, how could it not mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. i think every experience anyone goes through uh, affects every choice they make so how, how could that not affect him? Although, I think, although I think Shaw was probably my, less surprised by the war than others were. 
Um, so thinking about all of these forces at work, you know, that, that I, I don't know that, that it was as much a surprise to him. He was such a clear, forward-thinking person that I'm sure that this uh, was less shocking, but still devastating. When World War I was such an unbelievably devastating experience in terms of loss of human life and really broke open society in, in, in whole new ways. So I'm sure that was in there, although this is sort of like some of the plays that are being written right now about what's going on right now. This is not a play that has a lot of time to look back at World War I. He was writing it in the midst of it. So, you know, the plays that are coming out that are in some way dealing with the current political situation, it's very hard to have much perspective because you're still right in the middle of it. And I feel like this play is sort of in that world. And it gives us a perspective on our world today looking back and also looking forward. So thank you so much for immersing us in that world today. Sure. Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Er by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. With Oren Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.